February 1st, 2023, you are tuned into Big Screens and TV Streams live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, along with Mr. Paul. Welcome, Empty Chair. Now, he's rocking production booth. He'll be here in just a moment. Uh, and also joining me, making his return. He's back. He's well. His He is no longer under the welcome. Give a big round of applause to one Mr. Victor. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, I'm so glad this to be Jeff. back in the queue. So glad to be back in the queue because we've got a lot of stuff for you today. Now, don't be discouraged, you know. It's been a while since I've been back, but don't worry. We're still here to give you all the rockin' and rollin' news that you are waiting for because this movie season is going to not only kick ass, but there's going to be a lot of hidden surprises within this movie season. Yeah. I promise you of this. So much to talk about today's show. I know it must feel a little odd, maybe. Since you're since we're on this every other week schedule now for the last several months, missed one episode, and now it's like you're gone a month. Mm, yeah, and <laughs> you're going through your podcasting withdrawals. Honestly, I have. I, I've been I've been waiting to get back on the cube, and man, uh, being back here with you guys literally makes me feel at home. So honestly, just. I, I can't even express how much I have to talk to you guys about because you guys are going to be blown away, just like I was blown away. And not only that, because. What is it today, Dale? And I know that you know the answer. I know everyone knows the answer in the studio. It is officially Oscar season. Yes. That's right, guys. That means that you better get everything prepared for this week because not only are it's going to be on, of course, on a Sunday, but it's going to be on the 10th. So everybody, get your best dress, get your girlfriend, mm. your boyfriend, whoever you got to go to the Oscars yeah. if you can afford it. March 10th at 6 p.m. You could watch on ABC if you can't afford to make it there. But, Honestly. Uh, but yes. Oscars is garbage fire. Hey, Paul, remember a couple of years ago when <laughs> you said, hey, why are we spending this much time covering the Oscars, previewing the Oscars? Nothing good ever happens, and that was the year of the slap of doom. Oh, yeah. So... So you can't every, say every, it's totally like, garbage fire when the slap hurt around right. the world happens. Once so every I two mean. or three years, something awesome happens. You know, like... Uh, so I don't know if we talked about it, but I uh, watched the new Dave Chappelle stand-up. Mm -hmm. And at... He goes into that because uh, he's really, really good friends with Chris Rock. Yes, he is. Yeah, <laughs> it was really funny because he said, you know, he was saying that, yeah, it was real. And he was like, you know, and I wonder like how it would have, how that would have worked out if, if it was him, <clears throat> if it was him. Huh. And so he said, uh, basically at the end of it, he was like, he didn't know how he would react, like how Chris Rock reacted and everything. But the one thing he did know is that Will Smith would not have been continuing to enjoy the Oscars after it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Knowing Dave Chappelle, yeah, oh, that makes a lot it. more sense. I need, to, I need to catch up on his stand-up specials. Um, I guess before we dive too far deep into things, take care of some housekeeping here. You can find us live every other Thursday at 1 p.m. And make sure to hop in the live chat discussion on the GFBS social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, or call or text in your questions and comments to 701-213-0863. And we will make sure that we want to hear what you guys have to say. Oscar stuff, movies, and, and other various news items we're covering, previewing. So much to talk about. We want to get everyone involved. And before we jump too far ahead, we want to make sure to give a shout-out to a special event coming up this Monday. And that's the Cirrus Aircraft a Big Upcoming Job Fair this coming Monday. Are that's you looking right. for a new career? Are you burned out with your current job? Well, have you recently been laid off? Make sure to check out the Cirrus Aircraft Job Fair at The Piggy in Thief River Falls. It's coming up this Monday, February 5th. Uh, the address is 123 3rd Street. It's an informal event, and it's going from 6 to 8 p.m. in the evening this Monday, where you can talk to Cirrus representatives from Grand Forks and Duluth. So whether you're looking for an 
entry-level position, engineering, IT, finance, accounting, and so many more openings, you'll want to show up with your resume in hand. You can get started on your new career by going to the Cirrus Aircraft Job Fair Monday, February 5th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Piggy in Thief River Falls. And for more information, you can go to the Cirrus Aircraft website on their careers page located at cirrusaircraft.com slash careers. So, yeah, big shout out to Cirrus Aircraft and their job fair this Monday in Thief River Falls. So a couple news items here before we jump into the reviews for the show today. Did you guys hear about the big WWE streaming deal? Then that's not their usual. Right now, you can find almost all their entire library on Peacock. Uh, all the latest pay-per-views stream monthly on Peacock, and like they get the latest episodes of NXT on there. Uh, like the day after the latest episodes of Raw and SmackDown, about a month after they air live originally on USA and Fox. Uh, but they just announced a big new deal uh, with Netflix. Have you guys heard about this? I nope. have, I actually have not. So, so this would be new. check this out. This is going to be taking effect in January, a year from now, in 2025. So Raw is kind of considered the flagship show of WWE. You know, I think we all can remember uh, the housing days of tuning in the channel flipping between Raw, Nitro, TNT, USA. So Raw, it's been an institution since 1993. All the big, well, all the moments from WWE, if they're not happening on pay per views, they're happening on Raw. Uh, so. A year from now, it's going to be jumping from USA to Netflix and uh, exclusively on Netflix. So uh, in, the, in the, the USA and in North America, Canada, UK and Latin America, uh, among other territories. Uh, and then it'll also Netflix will. So that's just raw. Uh, Smackdown is going to be moving from Fox to the CW next year. So that'll still be on cable and uh, at no, no, excuse me. SmackDown's moving from Fox to USA, and then NXT is currently on uh, USA, and that's going to be moving to the CW. So a big lot of shuffling, but the main takeaway here is Raw is going streaming, in at least in North America, the UK, Canada, uh, to, uh, to Netflix beginning a year from now. And internationally, starting a year from now, not only will Raw be going to Netflix, but all their shows, SmackDown, NXT, all the pay-per-views even, they'll be going to Netflix internationally. And a lot of people are speculating once WWE's current TV contracts expire in the coming years in America, all their other shows will be going to Netflix too. And check this out. Uh, WWE, this is a 10-year deal where WWE will be receiving $5 billion over 10 years. <laughs> so big, big, big paydays ahead for, for WWE. And then also on top of that, WWE announced uh, TKO... Uh, the big overseeing group that has the merged contingent of UFC and WWE. They announced that The Rock is on their board of directors now. So, And he acquired the rights to The Rock name from the WWE, too. So he's doing a lot of moving and shaking, too. And, oh, yeah, on top of it all, wasn't already a busy news week for the WWE already? Have you guys heard of the Vince McMahon allegations? Oh, I, oh we, gosh, we've they're been, bad. We've been, we've been here. Oh, no, but no, even me. more came out this past week. And there was even pictures of texts and... Miss McMahon being up to no good, up to no good, and along with other various board members of the WWE, Miss McMahon denies all his sexual misconduct allegations. I'm not, I don't have the time to go into it. Look him up. You can find picture texts online. It's, it's, it's gnarly, gnarly, gnarly stuff. Uh, Miss McMahon resigned within like two days of it being announced. Uh, I guess some of the sponsors were announcing pausing uh, their advertising deal with WWE, and so Vince McMahon's like, I don't want to distract from this. I'm resigning, and uh, and he's no longer chairman of WWE, so he's out of the WWE completely I now. I don't blame them. I mean, he wasn't the greatest chairman, and, you know, honestly, I would 
I mean, honestly, The Rock should have been chairman. He was a better dude for it anyway. Plus, even though he's on the board of directors, he should have just been chairman. He, he's been in that business longer, just as much as all of them have. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Plus, he's not a terrible person. Was so trying to get the girl wrestlers to wrestle with him? It was other, uh, so to speak, WWE <laughs> woman so exec, uh, women executives. He was doing very. I'm not even going to describe. It. I'm it's very very bad stuff too. And uh, yeah, yeah, they, they, I, I'll, I'll make sure to talk, bring, bring up to me off. I'll, uh, remind me to mind you off air. It's it's bad stuff. Well, it's, his, well his wife. I mean, she basically organized yeah. all and, of and it. And this she was going was, as this was going on as recent as 2022, like a couple years into the whole cancel culture mo- movement already, or the Me Too movement. And you think you think he would know better by that point. But. And, 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 and if you yeah. want to talk, and if you want to talk, as uh, of course Paul had said, you want to talk about real dumpster fire, ladies and gentlemen. Cancel culture is dumpster fire. Oscars it's, rocks. Cancel yeah. culture. Yeah, sucks. let's talk about that. And on, on better news, you know, movie season, Oscar season, the biggest award show of the year this past week, the 2024 Oscar nominations were revealed. We're not going to break down each and every of the like 20 some ish odd categories, you, but you, you don't have to. Yeah. Only the best, like the best ones, like best actor, best supporting actor, and such. And of course, the end of the yeah. night, which is best picture yep. of the year i just show. got the nominees for the four main categories so i'll just kind of run them down real quick and after i go through each category feel free to chime in with what you th- feel feels like a good list feel like something got snubbed so uh we'll work away from best actress on up here so best actress nominated is and annette benning for niad uh, lily gladstone for killers of the flower moon yes yes phenomenal performance sandra hewler for anatomy of a fall mm. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. I still need to yeah. see that. Uh, mm-hmm. Emma Stone for Poor Things. And she should have gotten that Oscar again. Yeah, I need so. to see that. Have you seen it, Victor, Poor Things? I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to see it tonight. I, so that's I think it just opened here this like last week or two. Yeah, um, It opened a little bit like before well, when I actually, yeah, came around that time. So, yes, it did open a little so bit. So, Best Actor nominated is uh, or, are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Phenomenal performance in yeah. that as well. Cillian mm-hmm. uh, Murphy for Oppenheimer and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. I really want to see American Fiction. Uh, Same. Uh, best Director, we have Justin Triet for Anatomy of a Fall. Mm. Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. Give That's him another. 10th time being nominated for Best Director. And he only got and he got one, so like, give him another one already. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. And finally, for Best Picture nominees, we have Oppenheimer, Barbie, Poor Things, Killers of the Flower Moon, American Fiction, The Zone of Interest, Past Lives, Maestro, The Holdovers, and Anatomy of a Fall. Big list there. Oh, that's that's going to be a tough one yeah. this year, man. There's, there's going to be a lot, a lot on this race here. Burning so. question always for best picture is who do you want to win? Not who, who do you think will win, but just what do you want to win for best picture, whether it's listed on here or not? That's hard, man. I mean, I, I want... I want Marty to win. I love me. I love Marty. Yeah. I always have. But I want Chris to win. Chris Nolan. I mean, he deserves an Oscar already. He's been nominated so many times yeah. for his work, and he deserves one. Although, I mean, that's oh, that's I. I do love Greta Gerwig though, and she did really good on Barbie. So I think she should get one at least because she did really good on that movie. So I, I think she does deserve one, and not because you know you know Fiona Paramount. No, forget all that. She just made a great movie. 
Everyone did such a great job in that movie. If you haven't seen Barbie yet, you can on streaming services and such. That's right. It's on Max, I believe, right? Yes. And you can go see that immediately because it really is hilarious and really good. And Ryan Gosling, my gosh. What a, what you a won't get that two hours of your life back. Mm. It, did you? You Honestly, <laughs> as much as we joke about movies on this, I, I promise you. Paul says he doesn't like most of the movies on here, but I bet you dollars to donuts. He, once he sees them, he'll change his tune. By Victor, the do you think if Paul didn't see Barbie? Did you actually see did, Barbie? Did you, did you, Wait, yeah. this is your first you watching of this on, on the actually, show. You actually watched the entire of Barbie, not but, just like a five minute clip yeah, or like halfway. You, or did you, you like did, did you watch it and then just get up after when you were like, well, no, okay. I just felt like being sick for two hours. Oh. Paul, Paul's wow. if it, what, hey, what about John Cena's cameo? I heard John Cena had a cameo. He did. He did have a cameo. Was that at least pretty good? I don't even remember that part of it. You know, he was the I, mer- he was the mermaid. You know, the merman in this. Oh yeah, yeah. It was some dumb. Some I, there were so many dumb things in that movie that oh. I can't remember them all. Paul, recommend to avoid. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Victor, you lied to me. You said this movie was good. The movie was amazing. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, the movie was amazing. I just usually, and this we always joke on here, but even though Paul says he hates the movie, he absolutely does love it. He just, he's, just, <laughs> he's, just, he's just not going to admit it. It's just like Blue Beetle all over again. He's just not going to admit that it's a good movie because he doesn't want to get everyone's hopes. I hey. thought Margot Robbie was a bad choice, too, to play Barbie. Who oh, did really? you... Yeah. Oh wow! I, I guess I'm just seeing her in the lies in, 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 li- in the posters and previews. I thought li- it seemed no, like she's no, too old. No, that is that is absolute li- that is absolute lies. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, let me wow. refer. Let me let me re- let me just say this because it's true. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Let me just refer to you. Paul absolutely adores Margot Robbie. In fact, what was it that you said about the Suicide Squad movie? Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was totally hot, and yet you're saying she's too old to play one of the most iconic female hottest like dolls in the history of like action figure doll arama. Come on, seriously, Margot Robbie is like she's a babe, and you're telling me that you say this is old. Where's my camcorder for this? Vic, Vic, I think Victor's triggered. <laughs> like, where's my camcorder for this? Like, is it, are we on? Are we on oh, Saturday night? Are hey, we on Saturday night live? Hey, it's 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 all right. Not everyone has to love every movie. It's all right to have a little discourse. Very so. very true. Hey Alexa, how old is Margot Robbie? She's in her 30s. Yeah, she's still in her early 30s. You call that old? I'm like, if that's old, then I'm Jonathan Kennedy. Oh, wait, I'm not a white man in a blue blazer. I'm not saying that that's old. I'm saying that that's too old to play Barbie. You you do realize that Barbie Barbie can't be in grandma territory. uh, (laughs) I was about to say, Paul, do, do you realize that most of the beautiful actresses that play teenagers are above age. Rachel McAdams, oh, mind God. you, ladies and gentlemen, who is considered one of the most gorgeous women in all of Hollywood, she was not a teenager when she played in Mean Girls. Wow. Neither was Amanda well, Schaefer, yeah, that's, that's and neither was any of them. A lot, of teenage, a lot of teenage movies, like the actors playing them are like well into the early to mid 20s a they're, lot of the time they're yeah, mostly like a, in fact here's a good one not their uh, 30s though oh no yeah. most of them are most of them were in their 30s a case in point uh harrison ford who was still nicknamed the sexiest man alive when he played indiana jones in the 80s he was in his late 30s and still to this day when he played it he was all oh actually he was in his well early 80s when he still continued to play mr harrison ford so i mean 
Grandpa? So I don't know any grandpa who can knock Oscars somebody are out, March tenth so. uh, at six p.m. on ABC. Tune out to yes. see who will win. Yes. Yay! So just go see it, please. And Zach tell me Efron should have been Ken. Zach, who? You want Zach, Zach Efron? Oh, Zach. Well. That actually would have been pretty cool. He, he was freaking amazing, and freaking uh, the Iron Claw we were talking about a little bit before the show. He was uh, really good yeah, in that. if you if you all haven't seen that, like what a biopic yeah. that was. But, like, that uh, was such a beautiful movie, you know. But you know, we're, we're, we're talking of movies, and you know, we, we catch a lot of these at the theaters, so that gives us a great time to give a shout out to our friends at the River Cinema Fifteen and the Shire Bar and Grill. Go ahead and make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're both located in the in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now, you can either dine inside the movie member belly, a packed restaurant in the Shire, or take your meal to go to the movie you're attending if you want to mix it up from the usual popcorn pretzel fare. So all are good options. Some of this week's featured attractions are, well, hey, speaking of Mean Girls, there's the Mean Girls remake right now, and Wonka, the beekeeper, uh, ISS, I'll be talking about that a little later in the show. Poor Things, one of the Oscar nominees is playing, yes. and so many more. You can find the complete showtimes online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about the Tuesday $5 special all day long for movies and the $5.50 senior matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. The River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it is family-owned and operated. So check them out, River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. All right, so we are going to move things along to our first review of the show. Uh, and it's kind of like a half review because I'm going to be talking about True Detective Season 4, subtitled Night Country. Uh, I think we kind of talked about last episode, Paul, uh, True Detective Season 1, one of the best single seasons in television history almost, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The second season, I, I that kind of fell off after the second season, but the first season was yeah. amazing. Yeah, second season was a bit so-so. Uh, third season, I've been telling, I heard it was a lot, third season was much improved. I just never got around to seeing it yet. And, it, you know, since they're anthology, each season is its own standalone separate story. Uh, you don't really need to watch a prior season to, to see it. And so I was like, all right, this is great. This I want to jump right into the season four because what a great two main leads it has. Uh, uh, Jodie Foster and Callie Rice as the two lead detectives uh liz danvers and evangeline navarro respectively and so the deal with night country is it is it takes place in alaska right at the peak of their uh, time of the year where it's just 24 hours of night and like there's a lot a lot of talk in the town locals there where hey this is where all the spooky stuff happens during the like a month the several weeks where it's just nonstop 24 hours of night time and uh and you can it it's really really they have. They already have. Like you know, I think is, is it fair to say like those first two seasons of True Detective, uh, they kind of deal with you know some cult stuff, uh, you know, like cult imagery, but uh, they don't really actually, at least to the best of my recollection, go into the supernatural stuff. Right? Mm -hmm. They don't like no supernatural special effects. Mo or mo most of because with Woody Harrison and Matthew McConaughey, they did more gang affiliated yeah. uh, stuff. It was like actually tracking down actual people. Yeah. And, uh, but like there's like cults in there. There's like supernatural imagery, like, like, uh, like creepy nests or like cult worship sites they find yeah. and stuff like that. But like, there's like no one getting possessed or no one, no like magical effects or things like that. Uh, so they kind of flip the script on that on season four. It's not in your face. It's more subtle little hints of that sprinkled in throughout. Like right in the beginning, uh, it shows like these, uh, these researchers on this science, science station uh, in, in Alaska where 
one of the guys starts freaking out. His eyes gets a little, wait, is this guy possessed or is he in a trance? It kind of leaves a little room for doubt, but you're like, all right, you got my interest here. What the heck's going on? And they spend the first episode, uh, you know, kind of spoilers for the first episode that a lot of this is in the previews, trying to track down all these scientists and they kind of, they kind of find them. They kind of don't, they find some of them. And, uh, and so things just spiral from there. They're like, all right, what, what happened to these scientists? We got we're on a mystery, and so like so, you got Jodie Foster and uh, K- K- Callie Rice. They is kind of like remind me a lot of True Detective season one. And the thing I loved about True Detective season one is just how they you know the, their metaphorical uh, corkboard filled with. Uh, yarn and you know connecting all the dots together all right we're going to interview these witnesses we're going to interview uh or these question these people and we're going to follow up on all these leads and just like true detective season one at least so far just the first three episodes i've seen so far still three more episodes to come yet in season four uh it's really cool because some of the witnesses or or people they the people of interest they question some of them pay off some of them is just like a a false lead you know where other tv shows is kind of you know all right let's get to the point we want to go from point a to point b to point c they make following the people they question really really entertaining they think they're onto a rock solid lead but this person's like you know gtfo get off my property i don't want to talk to you and they're they're all like holding the detectives at gunpoint where you're like, all right, stuff is on. And meanwhile, uh, they got a great supporting cast. Other police officers at the, uh, the station, uh, uh, they got like this father and son duo. One's the, the father at, at the police station. He's just the completely insubordinate officer who's giving Jodie Foster crap throughout. And Jodie Foster's dishing it right back too. So it's great just watching those two battles throughout. Coffee is thrown in each other's faces. Well, <laughs> so. I, I, th- I think it's, and also what I loved is that not only did Joni Foster return to, to acting, which I, I'm glad she did. Yeah, she, she only does like something like once every like three or four years, it yeah, seems. She usually does a movie because uh, she, she did uh, – the last movie she directed was with George Clooney and them, and that was the last we heard of her. And then she showed up in this. And then the funny thing was is I love the fact that she returned to stuff like this because if you all haven't uh, – if you all haven't seen it, which you should have had like many years ago, um, she did this with uh, – of course, as an FBI trainee and of course, one of the most Academy Award-winning movies because it's Academy Awards anything, uh, Silence of the Lambs. And uh, I thought this was really, really uh, intriguing that the fact that she plays a detective yet again in this uh, anthology series, which I thought – was really interesting so yeah so far again just only three episodes in i'm really really fascinated with where they're going with here and it, it's giving me those same vibe those same similar vibes that i love so much about season one i'm like all right where we're we going to next and you know I, season one i remember within like the first 10 minutes of the first episode i was hooked and i got those same feelings again here i'm like all right where they're going next where are they going next uh they got all, especially with Ka- callie's character the uh, lead detective played by that uh uh, she plays a Vagilene Navarro. She kind of has some more of the supernatural elements in her backstory. She's kind of gradually alluding to her mom's backstory and how that comes into play. And that lots of lots of good uh, directions. This se- this season four of True Detective is going. I'm really psyched to see where it goes to next. And uh, especially what's going on with all these crazy researchers, the the, the missing researchers. That, that the more you learn about them, it's just a spider web of a, a corkboard of uh, of clues that I'm just just taking in every single little piece they they get kind of spooed feed to me so three more episodes left new episodes will be airing every sunday night on hbo and then also streaming on max or formerly known as hbo max uh so guys true detective season four do you think this is on your radar at all plan on watching it down the line there waiting for all the episodes to be released or i knew that uh that like i said it basically was just on repeat basically throughout the entire because they were just 
like going at it on the commercials like so hard with this so i was like well let's i mean if they're advertising it this much i mean it's like you know you you shouldn't over advertise everything because it doesn't turn out to be good but i wanted to see it and so i said why not and it turned out to be pretty good so you know like i said it's kind of like a it's like kind of watching fargo in a sense but uh not with the not with the old uh humor different faces like well i'll say it's like it doesn't have small town humor and that's and that's you actually that's do very, get some of that in here with uh because it's in a small Alaskan town. You you do a little bit, but not like the charming ones. So like any and like you said, because they get held at gunpoint and they tell you, you know, get off my lawn and don't you know come back. Anyone who does that, guys, that means that not only are they frightened, but they're somebody else is literally telling these people like, yeah. Get them off of here. If you tell anybody, I'm going to freaking kill you. So that's probably why they're telling you, like, don't ask me any questions. Don't tell me anything because they're afraid. So. I would go into it, but I'd be kind of giving away some of the spoilers on what led to that kind of that takeaway between those uh, factions. But, yeah, I, high recommendation so far in True Detective Season 4. Very excited to see where the rest of the season takes me. But we're going to move things along. Victor, I'm going to throw it to you for your latest uh, Marvel DC comic updates here. I know you wanted to touch on James Gunn's universe. Uh, so yeah. you got some updates on that. Oh, man, guys, you... This is just going to get nuts. Okay, so where do I be begin? So we already got a Supergirl. Um, the girl who played in House of Dragons will be playing Supergirl, uh, which is very interesting because, you know, I she has the it's look. a movie, TV show? Um, so it will be a movie. Um, this will be an official movie. So Superman will come first, and then uh, Superman Legacy will come first, and then uh, Supergirl will come after. Uh, the rest of the products will not come out until the next year of next year. So I'm very excited for like you know creature commandos and then the, also it will be an animated series and it will be a live action so the people who will be voicing all the creature commandos will be doing it in their same live action feature debut as well so that's going to be cool swamp uh what was it swamp thing will also be appearing so that's going to be amazing uh and it will not be like the first ever season like that really quick ending that happened uh, many years ago. And I'll leave Victor happy. Yeah, it will be very, very, very happy day for Victor <laughs> because that's going to be amazing. Uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, I know to everyone's disappointment, will be returning as the Cape Crusader for the next uh, crusade. No, 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 no. Come on. It was a good uh, movie. Uh, yes, yes. It yes. was a great Dude. movie. They did a little bit too much, you know, packing every oh, no, story perfect. in. But at more. the same time, yeah, like, I'm glad that they at least got someone to play the Dark Knight because, hell, they need to stick with somebody. Um, regardless of that, they are also going to be where uh, the Superman actors and actresses, respectively, they look really good. And I'm very happy that they brought the Man of Steel back uh, for his another debut appearance, of course, in James Gunn's uh you know, it's going to be Cavill. Uh, no, it will not. Sadly, and I'm still very upset about that. But yeah. you know what? To be honest with you, I'm glad Mr. Cavill broke away from that stereotype. He is now doing movies with my boy Guy Ritchie, uh, which you can see that on uh, on a strip. Well, not streaming service yet because it's not even released mm -hmm. yet. But you can see his trailer uh, actually right now if you want to. So go online, Senator Henry Cavill and Guy Ritchie, and the movie will come up. Um, and the last one for. Uh, for the, for DC and everything news, uh, 
Man, there's going to be a lot of movies coming out. So, of course, Madam Web will come out this uh, February. So be prepared for that. Uh, Craven the Hunter, uh, he will be set to kill whoever gets in his way uh, in February so as well. So a Spider-Man Sony villain movie, right? Yes. And I will say this very quick because it is very true and everyone should know it. Sony should not have gotten Spider-Man. I don't care what anybody says. Even though Columbia Pictures is a Sony company because it's under their name. They only juggled Spider-Man uh, a bunch is because Marvel does all the work. Sony wreaks the benefits. They say, you can have Spider-Man, and you can do all the work, but when you're done with all those movies, we get to wreak the benefits of the money that you make off of those movies. I will say this because it's true. Don't ever think because you are a studio that is a big name that you can soil off of other people's success because that's a dirty trick. No, you know why Sony wants Spider-Man? It's for the PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Hey, those new Spider-Man games are, from what I hear, just freaking top-notch. They are kick-ass, but still, I mean, you already have a lot of other uh, Spider-Man titles under your belt, henceforth. Uh, The new Spider-Man Miles Morales movie, which will come out next year because it left us on a huge cliffhanger. I'm not going to tell you what happened. Just go see it because you're going to really get – you're going to get mad. You're going to get scared. You're going to get a lot of things because it left me – in shock and oh, awe. Man. Is that the cartoon one? Oh, yeah. Yep. And yeah, it, big and, time cliffhanger. Oh, my gosh. Really good, what? but big time cliffhanger. Oh, that was so heartbreaking. <laughs> that was a heartbreaking Victor, cliffhanger. Victor, ton of great updates from you. Anything else from you here before we move on? Um, the last thing I pretty much have is uh, in the next year, we are going to see, uh, of course, Dale is going to be really excited for this because, and so am I, and so is Paul, if he, of course, sees this on Netflix. Um, so... Daredevil, of course, my boy, uh, the man without fear, will come back for his new series, Born Again, which was based on the incredible, my favorite, my favorite ever graphic novel by the great Frank Miller. Um, We're saying Charlie Cox returning to play. Yes. And, of course, Kingpin, Bullseye, and, of course, the man who has no no sympathy for any criminals whatsoever, the Punisher, will return in this amazing, you know, ensemble piece. In fact, Barenthal, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What a savage he is. So I think I'm, D'Onofrio, hell yeah. yeah. I think I saw that they're finally coming out with the second season of Halo, too. They yep, are. February too. 8th, a week from today, it'll yes. be oh, yeah. Paramount Plus. Yep. Yeah. So, so get ready for that, please. Lots See. of good things to come. All right, Victor, I love it, man. You got me stoked here. Oh, gosh, yeah, new Daredevil, I'm with you. New Halo, I'm with you, Paul. But, Paul, you saw something else on a streaming service on Netflix. Uh, you're all about the, the... And this just premiered like this past week, I believe. Uh, the Cartel uh, on the run, late 70s era, Florida-based show called Griselda. Yeah, yeah. I just came across this, and it, I mean, it, it's fantastic. I mean, you can't even tell that it's Sofia... Um, Sofia Vergara, Vergara, yeah. I mean... They, you know, did something with her nose and her yeah, teeth and they everything. Put, they but put a lot of prosthetics on her. Yeah, and so... I, I could queue up the image well if you want here. And, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, you, you could see... People could see who aren't familiar with it. They could see, like, the transformation she did. There, there Yeah, there's a movie poster that Paul just queued up that, so you could kind of tell... They're kind of going for that. I believe it takes place 1979 Florida. Does that sound about right? Uh, yes. Yep. yep. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's... The very first thing that they say, it's like a quote at the beginning of the show, and it says, Pablo Escobar said he was only afraid of one man, and that was a woman by the name of Griselda. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> she, so she, she is not a woman you didn't want to mess with, and I yep. read a lot of stories about her because she was scary. And, you know, I've always, she's always kind of annoyed me with her voice and everything, and, you know, she's, uh, I mean, what was the, the show that she was on? Modern Family. Modern yeah, Family. She was and only known for comedies. But... Yeah. 
But I mean, this it really shows her how good of an actress she is in this. Um, this is a series, right? Like a mini series? Yeah, I think it's uh, six episodes. I'm on, I think, episode five right now. But it just kind of, it shows her as uh, I think she moves to Florida from uh, where was it like Puerto Rico or something? Yeah, it's a small little village, and yeah. she she ends up stealing like one kilo of coke from her ex and. When she gets to, I think it's, you know, Miami or mm. whatever it is, she it's like the best Coke ever. Oh, yeah. Well, then she's trying to sell it, you know, so she can try to make a, her way. Um, she's got a couple of kids. And then a guy ends up trying to steal it from her, and she's not having any of that. And so she, you know, comes back, start, she beats him with a bat. That's like the jump-off point. Oh, yeah. And then she just starts to turn into this, you know, big you know, like cartel leader. Mm. Uh, and what is interesting about it is that she's basically like recruiting these, uh, I don't know if they'd be illegal immigrants, but you, the, just these immigrants and, you know, letting them know like, hey, they take everything from us. We're going to start taking it back from them because she, sell, she comes up with the idea of, you know, I'm going to sell Coke to the rich people, mm. to the rich white people. And she was a prostitute, so she hires prostitutes to go in and, you know, start giving it and to all these, you know, rich white people that you would want to say in these clubs, you know. I mean, this was, like you said, the 70s, mm. kind of 80s when the Correct. Wall the Wall Street thing was all kind of going on, and that's, you know, when it was getting really big. Yeah, and drug epidemic was huge. Yeah, cocaine 80s. was, it was oh, a huge man. crisis at oh, the time, that right? Was, it yeah. was bad. It was very bad. But, but she was just making big waves with these other big drug dealers mm. and then eventually just, you know, toppling over them. So it's 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 a, it's a good show. Pretty sounds like it's pretty fascinating. Just kind of, I, I just watched the trailer, but it sounds like it's really setting up the whole premise for that rags to mega riches. Yeah, and it it, it was uh, interesting too because I mean, so she starts off because she has this like really pure coke that you can't get in America, and so she's going to these drug dealers and she says, yeah, but with my coke you can cut it three four times as opposed to that other crap that you have right now. Mm-hmm. And then the episode that I'm in right now. Uh, is when crack cocaine starts to make its way. Uh, yeah. And that's when she really turns into a psychopath. Oh, wow. Yeah. It takes on a whole new level. Yep. Oh, Lordy. Yeah, I mean, I hope, hopefully I didn't ruin it for anybody. But um, No, this is for real, everyone. Yeah. Like, the, you, if there's one gangs, like, there's many gangs in, Amer- in America, but the cartel are people you don't want to meet ever in your life. Those people will ruin you. They'll find out who you are, what you do, who you work with, who your family is. Your best bet is to just disappear from those people because they're the, evil. The thing that's interesting about it, though, is that it's not like she came, it's not like she was like a, you know, a Mexican cartel or anything like mm. that came over here. She created the yeah. cartel in America, yeah. Oh, okay. I had no yeah. idea that was the, where the origin story was getting out there. Yeah. Wow. So, so she basically created like the first American cartel. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's and you said you got about like one more episode or one or yeah, two left yeah, to go. Yeah, about one or two. I see. It's, look at this doing all right on Rotten Tomatoes so far. Eighty-eight percent critics, seventy-seven percent audience aggregates. So yeah, looks like it's totally delivering there. Heck yeah. So that's Griselda on Netflix. I'm just really happy like. At least I'm like, because like Paul said, I'm really happy that Sofia Vergara, like, she's doing this because she was, mo- she's really just known for just comedies, you know, and she got her big break on Modern Family. Oh. And then she did a movie with Reese Witherspoon, which was hilarious. But then when I saw her doing this, I was like, oh my God, and, is that even her? <laughs> and one thing that's really, uh, 
kind of refreshing about it is that this, the majority of this movie you have to watch in the subtitles because she's speaking, was it Spanish? Yeah, or, she speaks Spanish. Yeah. Um, that is her native But when, she, she's, when she's speaking Spanish, she doesn't have that super annoying, like, accent to her or whatever it is that, mm. like she does when she's speaking on Modern Family. Yeah. Because it just, it must just roll off of her tongue a lot more naturally. Um, but it, I don't know. It's... I think it's it's like, or maybe um, it's just because she's playing a more serious role and she's not trying to have that really not high, be like yeah, kind of high relief. pitch, you know. Because they did that with like Fran Drescher. So when she oh, did right. the, when she did the nanny many years ago, she had that nasally voice. Mm-hmm. But then when she stopped doing it for a movie role, a lot of people were like, "Whoa, this who's is, this?" Yeah, <laughs> like this is not Fran Drescher. We know. <laughs> oh man, so. There you go. That's Griselda. We're going to take a quick time out next here. Have a quick break here. We want to make sure to talk to you guys about Oh for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some awesome homemade baked goods. And that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. And yo, usually I stop by there right after we do big screens, make my weekly trek over there to find out the latest goodies they have. They have the best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat. Uh, walk in to find out more, but yeah, you aren't going to leave without at least a couple of goodies alongside you. That's O for Heaven's Cakes, located on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 to noon, give them a call, 701-757-2253, or email Cakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake and a world full of muffins. That's O for Heaven's Cakes and more in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, we are back, and uh, we are going to. I'm going to do tag back in here with a quick review for ISS, the International Space Station. Uh, and when spelling this, I kept telling myself because it's just one letter away from meaning something else. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw the preview for this. I saw the previews for this, and I'm like, all right, it's a space thriller where just the concept alone has me just just piqued my curiosity. I got to see how this plays out. So it's... Uh, I did hear a lot about it. Yeah, so it's directed by Gabriella Cowperthwaite. Cowperthwaite. <laughs> I had to look up how to pronounce her name online. Cowperthwaite. <laughs> but uh, she also directed Megan Levy, Our Friend, and The Grab. I really loved Our Friend. Uh, but yeah, so this t- the entire movie takes place on the interna- International Space Station. And, you know, it's six astronauts, three Americans, three Russians. And, uh, you know, first 10 minutes of the movie is there. They're all just kind of on their... Two new arrivals from America are just coming on for six astronauts. They have New Year's together. They celebrate. Things are all kind of happy, happy, you know, peace, lubby-dubby up there. You know, they're doing experiments and all that. And then all of a sudden, uh, about 10, 15 minutes into the movie, uh, one of the astronauts, they're up on this one little viewing station of the of the International Space Station. She goes, I think I saw a volcano erupted when instead it's nuclear Armageddon <laughs> on the planet. And, uh, and you can kind of see me, that's a shot up there actually where, where the astronauts re- realize, uh oh, stuff's going down on Earth. And both the Russian and the American uh, astronauts get orders from back at base on their terminals on the International Space Station saying Russia and the U.S. are at war. Take control of the International Space Station by any means necessary. <laughs> Shoot. So, yeah, that ain't Yeah, bad. I mean, that def- I'm like, all right, where are they going to go with this? And, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, oh, I immediately thought of, for a film to compare, I'm like, I wonder where they're going to go with the special effects for here, because I was thinking of another kind, about a decade-old uh, space movie that takes 
place partially opens on the International Space Station, Gravity. Uh, that film just is, it sets a whole new bar for special effects and CG. Uh, this is not a fair comparison. This is a much smaller budget. Still looks good, but you could tell the small times they are in outside of the space station. Uh, like there's a brief spacewalk scene and like a couple other minor parts where they're in space, but, but very, very limited in use. Yeah. Like I'd say 90% of this movie takes place inside of the space station. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I saw the preview for this, mm-hmm. and, you know, you got the movie in a bottle thing. Yeah, bottle. And, I love those movies, yeah. But yeah, and I, I, I think that they are good, too, but for, like, for some reason, it seems like every single one of them that they make that's on, like, in space mm-hmm. are just boring. I love gravity. I mean, I guess that it, she does kind of jump all over the, the place for being just by herself. <laughs> or the one with Sam Rockwell. I mean, him and Kevin Spacey who play oh, yeah. a robot. Like That's they're, right. They're yeah. literally like those kinds of movies. They do. They're not boring. But if you if you really like think about it, think about if you're up there for like yeah. you don't even know what time it is. So imagine like how many hours you're just spending up there and you're like, huh, I wonder what time it is. Yeah. I wonder what day it is. Or so, in the Martian, like what? Yeah, Matt the Martian. Damon, that's right. Like, yeah, and the fact that he had to make like food because he didn't have any. I yeah. mean, wow, <laughs> that that's that's just genius. <laughs> Yeah, so you kind of don't get, it's not, there are six astronauts in here, so it's not just one or two people, so it is a little bit, but not, not like a ton of astronauts are dealing with, but it is just inside of the International Space Station, so uh, it's kind of interesting going on, like, all right, who's gonna, you know, you know, they're just spending the first part of this movie being all happy-go-lucky, hey, we're astronauts in space, and now they have to, they're getting orders from their country, we gotta take control of the space station uh, for, for your country, and, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna... Turn evil first. Who's yeah, going to break bad first? And yeah, that, how that ask. plays out. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask who's, yeah. who turned well, first. Well, I, I can't spoil it for you guys. <laughs> oh, of course. But, well, uh, of course, but I but mean, like. It's interesting. I'm like, all right, how are they going to do it? And, like, it, it kind of starts to get on the right track. I'm like, all right, this is happening, but there's plausible deniability that maybe they aren't that really, you know, they're leaving a little room for deniability for, you know, hey, we're with you. Hey, we're not. And, you know, there's other alliances with some of the other, some Americans and the Russians. Hey, they may form this other alliance over to the side here. Other people don't want to go in this other direction. Uh, unfortunately, I say kind of by like the last half hour of the movie, I think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner where it's like, all right, this is a great premise. How are they going to resolve it? Who's going to win? Is uh, I like for the way some of the some of the characters meet a demise. Some of them don't. I won't go too far into specifics because you know eventually conflict does arise. And I th- I thought the way they kind of dealt with things on that end were just kind of. They just didn't nail it. They didn't stick the landing on it. Some of the characters were all of a sudden like, wait, is this person good? Is this person bad? And like, it's just, there's some parts where it just felt like they had to write some characters off and just, it just couldn't help but feeling they could have done this better. I don't, uh, well, because I was going to ask like, well, and, I, and of course, I know you can't spoil it for us because no, number one, we don't want you to, but uh, it's, I don't know why they do this. And I think this is just a habit for them. Like, okay, so every time we are doing anything like, so the U.S., they do it a lot. Whenever we're at constant war, we have to join with people that obviously don't like us. They don't want to be around us. They don't even want to mention our name. But we have to team up with them and put aside our prejudices and whatever things we have to put nope, aside our nope. pride. Prime example, Russia, World War II. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, you know, 
I, I feel like sometimes well, when we swallow our a, pride, like, a, why? Like, why a, do they put them in there with us? They a, don't like us. There's that cliche line, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh, of course. So. But you mean, like, but there also is that old saying when, you know, like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Or uh, another cliche line, you know, I'd rather stick with the devil I know. <laughs> but, yeah, we could throw a, bu- a bunch of them out there. But, uh, no, you know, that is an interesting concept you bring up there. But, uh, no, I, I unfortunately just don't think the ending worked that well in here. I, I, I kind of like the journey to get there. I thought the third act could have been done a lot better i it seems like that's kind of what the way the aggregate scores are going right now critics are saying 63 percent, so you know not terrible but you know not great either audience 44 percent, a little less uh of a hit with the audience base but uh i'd say i say it's maybe you know paul i know you like to use that uh, that comparison you know the laundry movie so this could be a kind of a good thing to go on and be like all right which one of you which one of you oddballs are going to turn on each other next and uh, it's, it's kind of interesting in that way but uh i say maybe yeah background noise maybe watch it or if you happen to come across it on a streaming service put it on in the background or something but definitely not a must see so that huh. is iss Paul, I got a feeling the movie you're going to be talking about next is a bit more of a recommendation on your end here. Uh, a movie called Dumb Money, a.k.a. the GameStop stocks uh, craziness from a few years ago movie, right? Literally. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I came across this a couple of times, and then I finally just, you know, it was like I couldn't find anything else to watch. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Hmm. And to my surprise, I mean, it had an all-star cast. And, I mean, the, the main reason that I even turned it on is because uh you know the thumbnail for it had the actor from uh there there will be blood yep, and paul dano yeah and, and so paul, i i paul dano was really good seth yeah, rogan bisonofrio oh yeah he's the riddler in the last batman movie mm-hmm. um but yeah i i always thought that he was a good actor but yeah i mean it's got an all-star cast in here mm-hmm. and it talks about you know the 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 crash of the stock market from these people on reddit during uh for gamestop very bad and uh what was it the um uh the something the short uh short squeeze or whatever oh the big short yeah Yeah. no 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 it's called like a short squeeze is what they do to to, oh i thought you talked about the movie that explained like the big uh real estate market crash from oh oh eight or so no no it's that was still terrible too (laughs) it's it's something that has to do with how people invest in stocks and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff and yeah and i mean and they Literally, uh, hedge and uh, hedge funds. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. I don't understand how all that stuff works, but it's about hedge funds and that's like you're not short suppo- That's because you're not supposed to. <laughs> and so you had all these people that were following him on Reddit, and then started investing in game uh, GameStop stocks. And he was just like, you know, just hold, just keep holding because yep. the stocks just kept going up and up and up. Yeah. And I mean, you had people that literally. So he in, he invested, I think, like. Uh, Twenty five thousand dollars into it or something, yep. and ended up at the end of it. I think, oh god, it was like twenty two million. Yeah, is like, what, what he cashed out at. Yeah, yeah I remember. I you know I'm a bit of a you know I host the gaming show here on GFBS, Midwest Super Pixel Pro, so I do keep up with the gaming media, uh, really more uh, pointed media and social media and news sources. And I remember them following covering this a few years ago when it was happening. Uh, that uh, like, oh hey, GameStop stock is going up high. When you know GameStop for like the last decade has been kind of been joking, like everyone's been joking how long it's going to be till it goes out of business because you know things are going more digital, less physical media that GameStop specializes in. And like their stock was super low. I remember seeing people going, wait, wait a second, their stock's going up. It seemed like a, a, like a joke at first. People were investing in it as a joke to get up, but a lot of people thought it was going to crash. But like, is it kind of like how you Metropolitan just kept getting more and more higher? Yeah, and and you know, and the, these people they're following his YouTube channel because he's uh, you know talking about the market and everything, 
And, you know, at one point he's at like $11 million mm. and his family and everybody like sell. Mm. You, have, you have $11 million. Mm. Like, what are you doing? You know, you could lose it all. Mm. Um, and because he's still holding on to it, then all these other people that are following him, yeah. they're not selling theirs either, even though that they should. Mm. Or, you know, you know, to like the one guy he invested $2,500 and right now he's at $4 million mm. and his parents are like, you need to sell that stock. You have $4 million. I mean, it could crash and you could lose it all. But he's, they're all following this guy and he's, if he's holding, we're holding. Yep. But the thing that I thought was just really interesting about this movie wasn't, I mean, it was cool to follow that, but it was that it took place during COVID. Yeah, it was yeah. like the first year of it, right? Yeah. Yes. And so there was all these COVID references and like the, uh, one of the guys, he's working at GameStop. Yeah. And, you know, and he's just, he's opening, he's in the store by himself yeah. and he's got his mask on and it's, you know, just below his nose and his boss comes in and he says, starts trying to talk to him. And before he can even say a word, the boss is doing this. Oh, right. Telling him, telling him to put it above his nose. Yeah. And I remember that I say, yeah. shit. Yeah. You know? How is that now that we're a few years removed from, from that? You all of a sudden yeah. see some movies taking place at this time referencing that it's like oh yeah that's right yeah it it brought back a lot of anger yeah (laughs) not only that not only that but like just like paul said like it it just goes to show you like all that anger that was festering and boiling like these people what i then what made this movie so incredibly great not only just the references of like covid but the fact that this guy these were just normal people they were all struggling like the guy from gamestop this woman nurse like even the guy who had 11 million dollars his parents told him to do like like even his brother and them they were like your brother you know he he's got an education he's got all this stuff you are a loser who is delivering food on your bike you could barely even drive a car so it's like all these people are struggling while the rich just literally lounge in their big homes and everything but that's the sucky and that what made this movie so great was because it's like how can you literally you caught this in victor too oh yep. i love this movie yeah. just because it's like it like paul said this movie made me angry just like when i watched the big short oh my god if you think this movie's was, gonna make you angry that one's gonna make you twice as angry well, well as a movie i enjoyed the big short oh, but like uh I was going to ask you, Paul, I, I kind of brought up as a comparison earlier, but uh, just seeing the preview for this reminded me of 2015's The Big Short. Was it kind of like their similar take of, you know, it could be, you know, for us lay people who don't really keep our eye on the stock market or the real estate market, uh, The Big Short, I thought, did as good of a job as it possibly could to exp- explaining the X's and O's of the of the real estate market to the common person. Does, uh, does uh, dumb money explain the X's and O's of the stock market as good as it possibly can to, to say, the lay person? Um. I wouldn't say it really goes into too much detail with that. I think it's more focused on uh, the characters, you know, of the, you know, you have the billionaires and you have the the people that are investing and everything, but it doesn't really dive too deep into like how it all operates. Yeah. It's just more of the actions that these people are taking during it. So, I mean, you have the, what is it? Seth Rogen. Yeah, um, Seth Rogen, because you can see him right there oh, yeah. next to Nick Offerman. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, at the beginning, they say that his net worth is like $600 million, But he's talking to uh, uh, that other guy. I can't remember his name either. But uh, he's a, you know, a multi-billionaire. And so these guys have investments in all kinds of stuff. Well, yeah. Seth Rogen, he's the one that uh, is in charge of, like, this GameStop stock. Mm. And 
he doesn't even see what's going on. And so he's borrowing money from these guys and he, he ends up like costing them, you know, like at one point he tells his wife, he's like, she's like, how much is it down? And he's like, sends her a note and just says $3.6 billion. Yeah. Because they have to actually, they, the guy, cause you see in the picture right over there. So Nick Offerman they want his. They don't want his help because they say, "Oh, because Vincent D'Onofrio, who is his friend, he's like he's such a rat bastard, man. Like we we shouldn't even ask for his help." But every time they call him, they cringe because he's and he's smiling because he's like, "What can I do for you?" Because every time they they have to call him, they they want they don't want his help, but they need his help because every time they do, just like Paul said. How much is the market crashing now? And when he passed her that note, and he said three billion dollars, and he's like. And the more they keep it, they're like, yeah, we want your help now. So if you can just please. And then when they did, oh, boy, did he just, like, salivate the fact that they were just begging for his help. Because, and it sucked for them. Like I said, you have to see the movie because it's so funny. And the fact that they explained so um, – like, when they talked about in the big short, they explained, like – yeah, like, they're like here's all. here's like a top ten music artist explaining the very very fine yeah. details of of, of this uh, uh, real estate market yeah. t- uh, example. Because like Ryan Gosling said, um, even like because uh, Paul even said it too, like he doesn't understand hedge fund. Don't be like like I said, don't you be don't discouraged. have to be a stock market pro to follow this movie. Well, not even that, but it's just like he's like even Ryan Gosling said, you know why you don't understand it? Because you're not supposed to understand it. It's supposed to make you stupid. <laughs> That's what stocks are supposed to do. They're supposed to make you stupid. Heck yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a definite watch. I, well, I would recommend. Does it. it seem too early in this story? Because this all just went down. What just not even four years ago? Because I believe this is still a developing story, right? Uh, the whole the fallout from this and like the people going to trial throughout and all that. And yeah, um, I don't. I mean, maybe there's more to it than that. But I think you know this pretty much ends at the point where he's they they all sold. P- puts a good exclamation they, point on it. Yeah, they. I mean, they all end up you know selling their their mm-hmm. portions and they all got super rich. Oh, okay. Heck Except yeah. for the one girl who's. Still holding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's waiting for it to bump I back up. I still couldn't believe she was still holding. I was like, well, you know, it can't be bad at her. <laughs> oh, gosh. So well, and, that, and that's kind of one of the things that, you know, you, you take away from. So because obviously they invested low and then they all held and held and held. And then they all sold when it was super high. Well, it's these billionaires and these guys that you see in here that all took the hit. Yeah. Oh, because right. they're the ones that had to pay it out. Mm, right. But right. to be fair, they all deserve that hit. Yeah. After what they did, they deserved a huge oh. after that. Well, the thing is, I think, uh, I could be wrong on this, but, you know, I mean, kind of like the Fannie Mae thing, that what pisses everybody off is that then they can't afford to pay it, so then the, they have a bank bailout. Mm. So, yeah. and I don't know, but I'd have to look more into it. So there you go. That's dumb money. Looks like, look like it's doing pretty good on the Rotten Tomato scale. Critic aggregate of 84%, audience aggregate of 85%. So there you go. Dumb money. It probably said you caught this streaming or you rented it or? Yeah, no, it's streaming, I think, on Netflix. N- Netflix? All right, there you go. And uh, we're going to take a quick time out here. We're going to hear from our last sponsor. We've got some love coming from our friends at Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. 
Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. And right now, there's an awesome February sales event going on at Churchill Shoes where all SAS shoes are on sale. So check them out, Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Hmm. All right, we are back here. And Victor, uh, I'm sure you've been going through withdrawals of these also. It's time for your one and only Action Figure Showcase. Yes, and I got some new ones for you guys, and I also got some classic ones for you guys. So here, I'll get you really quick. All right, time for Victor's action figure showcase here. Uh, it looks like you got some some goodies here. So, yes. So during my, of course, illness, which sucked because having an ear infection is not the greatest thing in the world. Let me tell you. But it honestly, uh, as I got a little bit better, I actually got like a bunch of stuff done, and this was one of them. So uh, of course, custom mod. Yes. So of course, thanks to my lovely job at, uh, of course. Hollywood heroes, shout out to them. Um, I, of course, got this amazing Sabretooth. Uh, and if you don't know who Sabretooth is, he is the truest, hatefulest enemy of Wolverine. Um, he did some really terrible things to Wolverine. Uh, he basically killed, in fact, his origins is actually really sad. He killed his brother on his birthday over a piece of pie. Uh, he also killed his parents, which sucked. Uh, he chewed, on, like his father ch- uh, chained him downstairs in the cellar. Uh, and the only way he could get out was to chew his entire hand off and get out and he killed his parents. Is that what you modeled the figure off of? The uh, bloody mess on his mouth there? Um, that This is just basically Sabretooth in general. He just kills people for because he's a savage and I want him to be a savage. Um, I also took one of my uh, so choppers and I, all, I know you all know what that is. So choppers are basically just the gloves basically with, you know, kind of like penguin hands. And so I took the choppers and the fuzzy part of it. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. I, yeah, and I made a fur like, you know, I didn't want the That's fig- actually pretty clever man i dig it thank you and i didn't want i didn't like the plastic fur that they did but to be fair like they were just getting started at the time when they made toy biz figures at this point so i took all that stuff off and you know made it soft and furry i also took the claw like the fake claws off and put the gargoyle claws on it and painted them bloody red now i wish his teeth were a little bit longer but it shows in the details and it makes him look scary his white eyes make him look scary so it's a plus, and that was my favorite custom, literally. So I love the savagery of Sabretooth, if you can't see him. So, I mean, I just love it. Nice. And who do you have here? Now, this guy is my favorite because he is Red Tornado. Red Tornado is not a human being. He is a robot, and he is actually a robot uh, that, as he says... I do not require emotions like everyone else. Although he does require emotions uh, in the later future of his time, Red Tornado is really cool. He can emit tornadoes, of course, as his name states, at any point in time. Like, he can just, like, they'll fling you across the... Red Sea if he wanted to with a tornado and he can just make tornadoes from every part of his like body because he's a robot so it makes him look cool and plus just look at him man reminds like, me of Vision a little bit he does he's like Vision a little bit except for uh, Vision uh, actually does learn emotions as he gets you know over time uh, and so does Red Tornado but he has to kind of so what comic line is he from uh, Red Tornado of course is from DC and of course Sabretooth is from Marvel so you know equal company. is that a custom figure or a new one no this is a new one so so, um, weird thing enough, uh, and I couldn't believe I found this out. So, 
Um, this was twenty dollars, ladies and gentlemen. So it's a standard figure, you know, twenty dollars. You can pick it up at your local any store you want to. Um, but the funny thing was, was that what I found out over the weekend, guys, will just blow your minds. Um, so Todd McFarlane, which this line is from. Um, they, of course, came out with a Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, line, and it has a beautiful figure line. But he's raising the prices from $20 to 40 Now, he's only doing this to experiment because he's not actually going to leave it there. He's going to experiment, see if people actually are going to bite and you know go get it, you know, get all the lines, or if they're just going to be like, eh, I'll pass and whatever. Um, like I said, guys, inflation, what a bitch, because <laughs> uh, yes. it's, it's really affecting things you love. But the thing is, is that, you know, whenever you love something very much, it's always going to go up in price. So, I mean, will it go down in price? We'll see. Uh, this is just an experiment. Um, I'm probably going to get one of them. I know it's against my policy to get figures because I'm not going to spend a bunch of money on figures. I love action figures, but... Victor's <laughs> putting a governor on his figure buying. Honestly, I like I said, I love action figures, man, but unless they come with a Playboy model or they were signed by the great McFarlane himself or even Michael Jordan for that matter, I'm sorry. You kind of lost me there. Awesome. But. Victor, thanks, man. Your action figure showcase gone after a week away. So we'll see what you have for us next week here. Always excited. All right. Next up here, we're going to hit up our upcoming theatrical and streaming new releases. So here's what's new on streaming services since our last show and upcoming here soon this weekend. Uh, we already mentioned uh, Halo uh, Season 2 will be hitting a week from today on Paramount+. Plus. So make sure I'm going to probably be tuning into that day one or, or at least very close to it. Uh, Paul already covered Griselda, and that's on Netflix. Uh, big release on Paramount Plus and Showtime, uh, The Woman in the Wall. It's where Ruth Wilson plays Lorna Brady, a woman who wakes up one morning to find a dead body in her home. And the mystery just goes on from there. On HBO and on Max is On the Rome, where Jason Momoa, it's his Road Diary docuseries about his many travels. Uh, sure, give Aquaman his own Road Diary show. Why not? Uh, 60 Minutes, not the TV show, uh, not the, the hard-hitting journalist show. This is a Netflix movie about an MMA fighter who has exactly one hour to get to his daughter's birthday party or else he will lose custody of his daughter. Ouch. But But doing so will allow him, will make it so he has to skip out on his latest MMA fight, and that's going to piss off a lot of bookies. So the bookies are chasing after him while he tries to get to his daughter in time to gain custody of her. What a, what a premise. I'm all for it. What a, what a predicament. I mean, you got I mean, go, to go to your birthday. That, that sounds like one of those awesome, you know, those, those throwback 80s, just dumb cornball action concepts. I'm like, Dude's got to rescue his daughter. <laughs> He's got to escape his bookies. I kind of want to see it just to see all, you know, maybe have a couple of cold ones to it, have some popcorn, and just have a good time with it. But I, uh, I hope he at least gets his daughter's birthday and yes. escapes the bookies. That, that does sound really fun. Oh, guys. gosh. Next up on Amazon Prime, we have Expat, where Nicole Kidman leads a group of expatriates. Is that how you say it? Yes. Uh, living in Hong, Kong, in Hong Kong, and their tight-knit their tight knit community is shaken up by an incident that changes their lives. And I heard a lot of decent buzz about this last uh, streaming show on Apple TV Plus called Masters of the Air. Now, have you guys heard about this one? Yes. It's kind of the companion World War II piece to Band of Brothers and the Pacific, and this focuses on the Bloody Hundredth uh, group of Air Force bombers that endures many losses in England. And, uh, you know, I wish Apple TV Plus is one of the few streaming services i don't have but uh, after seeing that preview i definitely wanted to watch it but yeah masters of the air on apple tv plus uh any uh before we want to theatrical releases anything from those streaming ones that stand out to you 
Um, honestly, the one uh, with Nicole Kidman that looks really promising. Expat, yeah, yeah. honestly, Expat looks really good, promising. Uh, for notable theatrical releases, we have Poor Things, and we we're talking. This is one of the Oscar nominees. It's just yeah. finally released in theaters at our local theater here, just within the last week or two. Or Emma Stone, she got nominated for Best Actress for her performance in this. She's a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist played by Mark Ruffalo. And the duo then runs off across the globe together on a globe-trotting adventure. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm so excited. I need to see this. Yes. Uh, I also hear a lot of good buzz about this next movie, Argyle, where Bryce Dallas yeah. plays the reclusive author of a series of best-selling espionage novels whose globe-trotting spy thrillers come to life beyond the pages. So, yeah. Matthew, the- Matthew Vaughn, man. What a director he is. Yeah, I love Matthew Vaughn. Uh, yeah. I love Matthew Vaughn. I'm surprised that he didn't have his... Uh, Partner in crime, uh, writing partner in crime, uh, Jane Goldsmith, because she's a very good writer. Hey, I see our uh, Fork Sports Highway hosts are watching right now. Monty and Bill. Bill Deutsch says it's the Yo Man. I have no idea who he's talking about. <laughs> or wait, oh, he's talking Monty. about our new Yobot, oh. right, Paul? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, oh, Yobot, Monty. your new GFBS best friend. What's up, Monty and Bill? Yobot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, those are your new upcoming releases. And now we actually got a really cool segment here. This is the first ever. Uh, this is a preview for our next episode. This is the first ever big screens and TV streams movie swap. So yesterday I pitched Paul and Victor this just crazy outside the box idea where we all pick three movies each. Uh, three of our not maybe not like a big uh, you know you know blockbuster success. It could be like a favorite deep personal cut or a movie you just haven't seen in a while or that you think a movie that needs to, needs a lot more love. And I asked both of you guys and, and uh, myself included uh, to pick three movies each and then two of us so I'll present three movies and then Paul and Victor will have to agree on one of them uh, to watch and review on the next episode and Victor will present three movies and me and Paul will pick one of the three Victor presents so that we will re- review on our next episode two weeks from now, and then Paul will do the same for Victor and myself. So we're going to be reviewing three movies two weeks from today. That gives us two weeks' time to watch the three movies. And uh, so, yeah, I'm calling it the movie swap. Could be a recent hit or a long Hollywood gem. Uh, Victor, let's start things off with you. What are your three selections for Paul and I to choose to review for our next episode? So mine, and I will pull them up really quick, uh, even though I do know where they are. Hang on. There we go. So So the ones that I picked uh, for, of course, Mr. Dale and Paul um, were, of course, Silver Linings Playbook, Apocalypse Now, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So those, so there we go. We got a very, you know, a very well acclaimed, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, the dancing flick, and I believe there's a lot of mental health struggles. Uh, actually, I saw that movie a long time ago, I lo- or not too long after it came out. That was probably, what, six, seven years ago or so. I loved it. Uh, I have not seen Apocalypse Now. I've heard countless great things about it, especially which version to watch. I think I heard there's a director's cut, I believe. That's uh, really there good. Is, there is a Redux version. A but Redux, if you, but, if you, but if you want to watch the original version, uh, I would suggest watching the Redux version. It is long, but it is so freaking worth it because... 
Francis Ford Coppola. Come on. Yeah, yeah man. Who made The Godfather. And I have not seen... I've seen a lot of old school Clint Eastwood movies, but I have not seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, other than, you know, the meme clips that have, you know, the, the popular segments from it. One, so. one, one of the greatest uh, Western trilogies, uh, Sergio Leone, the master of Westerns uh, directors, truly. Uh, not only did he do that, but he did Once Upon a Time in America, of course, which is a great uh, American story if you have not seen that. If you thought The Godfather was good, see that. But this Western, truly. Clint Eastwood was at the top of his game when he yeah. did this, this is primetime Eastwood. Like, literally, this was like from that, from uh, what was it? The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, from Pale Rider to a Fistful of Dollars. I mean, hang him high. I mean, you, you're talking about this was like his lineage, man. I mean, I mean, you can't. Bread get and butter? Be- oh, man, you couldn't get better than that. I mean, probably one of my favorite lines, Paul. literally, of all time was, Are you going to, you know, pull that pistol or are you going to whistle dicks? <laughs> oh. Paul, three picks, Victor's resenting us. Which way are you leaning? Oh, uh, the good, bad, the ugly. Good, bad, and the I, ugly. I knew Paul would choose that one. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, again, I'm with good, the bad, and the ugly, and Apocalypse Now. Both of those two, I, you know, if it wasn't for Apocalypse Now being like, I think it's like a four-hour watch that Redux version, right? I it, think it's a little longer. And, but... In the interest of time, Paul, I think I'll agree with you. Uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's like said, let's you... do it up. Let's. Okay. Have like you said... have you seen it or? Uh, not for a long time yeah. if I have. Yeah, so, all right. Well, Paul and I will review the good and the bad and the ugly next episode. Yes. Awesome picks, Victor. Hell good yeah. stuff. Thank you. All right, well, I will present my three picks for Victor and Paul to review for next episode. So I have three films for you. I don't know if you've seen them all. So in case or if you have seen one or two, that's why I'm presenting three. And I try to pick each one from a different genre. So uh, this first pick I got is a, it's a very over-the-top comedy. Uh, now, if I say a Norm MacDonald comedy movie, Odds are you're probably going to be thinking of Dirty Work. I think we covered it in a flashback uh, movie review on one of the first episodes of Big Screens and TV Streams because that was right when Bob Saget died. He, mm-hmm. he directed that movie. But Rest that's not... Place. Yes, yes, big time uh, for Norm and Saget. Uh, but that is not the movie I'm picking up. Uh, Norm MacDonald only led, had a leading role in just a couple of movies. The more forgotten one was the one he co-starred with Dave Chappelle in the leading role. I'm talking about, I think it came out in 2000, the comedy, just the goofball comedy Screwed, <laughs> where Ooh. the two, Dave Chappelle and Norm MacDonald, they get up to no good and things just coming keep getting worse and worse and worse. How much more can you see these two screw up? And then Danny DeVito is along for the ride, too. So those three, don't know if you guys have seen it, but kind of under the radar, the other Norm MacDonald live-action comedy, Screwed. That's one pick. The other pick, uh, uh, one of the other two picks I have for you, uh, this is a really good heist action drama. Uh, you know, Mel Gibson movies, they, he obviously, he still does a lot of new movies, but they just don't get that much mainstream attention other than I know there's that new continental actually got some mainstream attention, but uh, most of his movies don't now because of his past uh, antics, but dragged across concrete uh, really, really good. Uh, like Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn are corrupt cops. They've been placed on a suspension, but they need to make a living for their family who have big health problems. They got to pay the bill. So they get forced to do a even dirtier job. They don't want to do, which involves a lot of staking out, the pulling off the perfect heist and the, seeing the way, you know, just kind of like, I don't want to say it's uh, no, a one for one comparison, but uh, heat, all the big build-up to the heist and how the heist pays off. It's kind of that same vibe. So Dragged Across Concrete came out, I want to say, like four or five years ago. Uh, And then the last pick I got, 
Uh, Michael Judge, if I say that direct, you know, besides creator of Bees and Butthead, he made a few live action movies. Yes, he did. Uh, Office Space is a go-to. Big time hit. One of my all-time favorite comedies. That's not the movie. I'm, I'm uh, one of my three picks. I am pick, I'm speaking of uh, his more under-the-radar one that didn't get as big cr- critical acclaim as Office Space or more mainstream acclaim as Office Space. I'm talking about Extract. Have you guys seen this I knew, one? I knew he was. I knew yeah. he was going to say that Jason one. Bateman. Uh, me, no, um, not Mila Kunis, uh, Kristen Wiig. Yes. Kristen Wiig. And I think Mila Kunis is in it, too. They work in an extract factory. Uh, Jason Bateman runs it, and it's all about, it's like a workplace comedy, but it's more dry humor, not over-the-top, in-your-face humor like Office office Space, but more of a dry, dry humor type of comedy. And uh, it, it just, yeah, it's, I, I like it almost, Office Space is an all-time classic, but I'd say it's just maybe a notch or two under. It's still just as good. So those are my three picks for you. Extract, Screwed, and Dragged Across Concrete. How are you guys feeling? I'd, I'd sure. go for extract. I like I, Jason Bateman. Yeah, I, I love me some Jason Bateman, and plus I love Mike Judd. So oh, nice. And that gives me a perfect reason to revisit it. If you guys can't find it on a streaming service, let me know. I, I'll borrow you my DVD copy. So uh, let, let me know So if you can't find it streaming anywhere. So, uh, Paul, what picks do you have for us? So I got Keanu Reeves, Street Kings. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I need, I need. I have not. What What is that about? Uh, so he's... Uh, uh, I guess he would be a detective, or and like he's a an undercover cop, mm. and he finds out all this corruption that's going on within uh, these other cops in this uh, in the city and everything. Um, it's also got Forrest Whitaker, mm. um, but I mean, this was like probably the role that he got to play John Wick. Oh, uh, okay, you know, because th- this movie is just it's really really well written. Um, it's got a lot of, a lot of good action in it. Uh, top notch cast. Mm. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. So you just got to watch it. Just see, you know, just how badass Val Kilmer is in this movie. Um, what yeah. yours is this about it? Would you say oh. late nineties, early, like during the middle of the matrix movies? It's, it's probably early two thousands. Yeah. Early okay. Two thousand. Gotcha. Yep. Cause this was before, uh, Val Kilmer. Got of course, sick. He, yeah. He couldn't talk anymore. So yeah. All right, I'm definitely you got me interested. You got me my curiosity peaked. What uh, else do you have for yeah, us? It's a it's a fantastic movie. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of going off the rails on this one, but uh, just because of uh, the things that are we're starting to experience in today's world, and this movie came out a while ago, uh, Appleseed. But <laughs> this one is I'm drawing an, a blank on that one. I got a feeling Victor knows <laughs> this. This one is an animation. Yes, okay. I knew it. I yep. knew it. <laughs> but the the animation the animation is fantastic, and uh, it, it you know it talks about it's like CG know, animation. Yep, Apple it seed. talks about like you know, artificial intelligence and, yep. and stuff like that in a, a future futuristic city Apple or scenario. Ex Machina. Um, yeah, like not, not, sto- not Ex Machina. <laughs> I know, not Ex Machina. Because that's the sequel, so that don't, is a, don't get confused. Yes, not the live-action Ex Machina is yeah, the sequel to Appleseed? The, no, they're not no, live-action. No, they're just they're, animated. They're animated. Oh, okay, but Ex Machina but, but they are is, sequels, yes. Ex Machina is a sequel. sequel. Do not watch that one. Yo, you want just Apple the original Appleseed. Yeah, I, only, I only said that because every time that I watched a movie, that would come up on my, my feed, so it would be like, and the previews would be like, Appleseed, Ex Machina, on DVD. Well, I... So far, uh, Victor, I've only seen one of your uh, three uh, selections here. Paul, I have not seen either of your selections. What's your final selection for us? Uh, Doomsday. 
Doomsday. Ooh. What, what, you have to give me a refresher on that one. Oh. So this is kind of like a, a post-apocalyptic scenario. Um, I, yeah, I'm not. I can't remember exactly what happened to humanity, but it's you know this uh, girl. She is working for the government, and she has to go into you know the part of the city that has like no rules and like law or anything because uh, I think she has to retrieve something. I can't remember exactly what it is. I don't know if it was a person or a piece of tech, but whatever. Some MacGuffin. Some MacGuffin, yeah. But so she has to go in there um, with her team of Marines, whatever they are. But they don't and, stand a chance. And, 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 and then it just it goes into, like, Twisted Metal territory. I was going to say, you're, I'm already getting a, some vibes of Twisted Metal since that we saw that yeah, recently. But, yeah. but, but just yeah, on but a way more intense level. Oh, yeah. uh, These guys are savages, man. Like, you can see on the poster. More like, serious? No. Uh, you could think of it like a modern-day... Um, Warriors. Okay, gotcha. Except for they, uh, unlike the Warriors, uh, this one is like, so they have to go. So, like, you'll see, uh, actually, if you look in the back of the the movie, DVD, you'll see that there's a huge wall. So they're all, they filmed in Scotland, um, and I don't know which area they filmed in, but they filmed in Scotland and it was really cool. The The filmmaking process was so amazing. Uh, they literally had this big wall. It was like a medieval wall. When you open it, like, literally, these guys, like, with face paint all over them, it's like watching the Green Inferno, except for they got these, like, right. tribal tattoos on them. They're like cannibals. Victor, I got evil. a feeling you saw all three of Paul's selections. I knew. Like, <laughs> once, once, once Paul, like, like just like said anything, I'm like, oh my god, oh, <laughs> I, I loved it. I love absolutely. Honestly, <laughs> all three of these definitely have me intrigued. That's I have hard. not seen any of them. Uh, That's really hard. I don't I, even know which one to pick. I'm, I think I'm leaning either towards Street Kings or Doomsday. Uh, Victor, do you got a direction you're you're leaning towards? Which one haven't you rewatched in a while? <laughs> Man, I want to pick all of them for this point, but I, I had to be fair and pick one of them. Uh, <laughs> Street Kings and Doomsday is what I'm leaning towards. Any of those you think you'd be up for? Again, I want to watch all of these. I mean, <laughs> again, I'm I have def- to be fair. I, 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 to I'm, be fair. I am definitely interested in seeing if what if Street Kings inspired was what led to Keanu Reeves being chosen for John Wick. That definitely has I, me I interested pro- there. Honestly, I probably think I'm, I'm going to have to go against that a little bit because there's another movie that pretty much proved he was John Wick, <laughs> but that's, but that's going besides the point. Oh, man, this is hard. Um, but the I'm, way Paul set up doomsday for us, you know, Hey, modern day warriors. Heck yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I want to watch them all again. And then just seeing your affection to, for it too has me I ha- interested. I do have to be well, fair. Well, if you've I, seen all three of them, yeah. why don't you guys just swap? No, yeah. you know what? To be fair, no. I, I want to be fair because I, I do love all of them, but it's been a long time since I've seen them, but I do know what they're all about just because okay. movies. And well, I how about but, uh, can we? We'll, how about Doomsday? Because we'll do yeah, Doomsday because I want to be fair. That's what I was thinking. I was just going to say that. Doomsday definitely has me that that action a little bit more serious uh, than yeah. uh, just in the modern day take on the Warriors. I want to see that. I think let's let's go with that. So, like, like I said, everyone, they're they're all great movies, beautifully done movies. Uh, but not like only I that, said, but the lead actress is a smoke show. Oh, hey, well, there you go. <laughs> so I told you. Did I not tell you? <laughs> There's your tell cher- you? cherry on top for you. Oh, I told you. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> two weeks from today, <laughs> we will in our first ever big screens and TV streams movie swap episode, we'll be reviewing Doomsday. Extract and the good, the bad, and the ugly. I am psyched, guys. I am psyched. All right, some GFBS plugs here before we wind things down. For more coverage on other GFBS shows, check out this week's GFBS interview where John Roberts interviews BT for rumors 
Bar and Grill to promote their huge sports memorabilia jamboree this Saturday. Tomorrow on Iki Ichabod's Weird Wrestling, the crew attempts to scratch the surface of the plethora of weird moments from the TNA Impact Wrestling League. Uh, and tune in tonight for Fork Sports Highway, where Monty, Bill, Raven, and Supersonic Steve get hyped not only for the Super Bowl, but also the NHL All-Star Weekend and the Pro Bowl Flag Football Weekend festivities. Those are just a few of over a dozen shows we cover each and every week here on GFBS. You can find on your favorite podcast or social media app. I know we're running late on time. I don't know if we have time to do a full-fledged quick take segment, but maybe if we could just do a quick rapid-fire one, maybe like a minute, minute and a half each around the table here. That'd be easy. Victor, I'll throw it to you here. Quick takes. Um, the only quick takes I have uh, is that I'm really excited to, because uh, as we talked about on the show, seeing poor things. So I will see that tonight, which I'm really, really excited about because I love me some Emma Stone. And so, and the post, the po- uh, if you see the poster on the wall, uh, if you go to, of course, the River Cinema, you can see a huge poster of all the cast and crew on there. And uh, it's just really cool. So I'm really excited to see that tonight. And I can't wait to review it on the show next week, of and, next week. And I know you said you saw Aquaman, so I kind of covered <laughs> our last episode but maybe just a very quick yes. uh, impression um, from you yes um, I really loved uh, the story it was very beautiful uh, honestly uh, as much flack as this movie got honestly it shouldn't have gotten a lot of flack because it was really good it was like uh, just like watching Iron Claw it was a story about brotherhood honestly and the fact that you know Ocean Master and Aquaman got to work together against their common enemy which is a Manta Ray I thought that was Bigger really, and really better. Cool. Yeah. oh it was really really cool and plus you know what even though I know this is a controversial topic because we've talked about it before amber turd you know i didn't think she was going to get a lot of screen time but you know despite all, all right. the flack she got you know i give her credit she did really good. brought it again yeah, I loved it. yeah yeah she, she did good dolph lundgren did good nicole kitman everyone was kick-ass in this yeah. movie it's just such a shame that you know jason momoa will not play aquaman yeah. anymore but he kicked yeah, ass. he did great he did great he did really good really like good. like i said go check it out guys it's really good aquaman battle battle for atlantis right yeah battle, yep. uh, actually no not battle for atlantis uh you're thinking of another thing um it is called aquaman and the lost kingdom lost kingdom yes yes so many subtitles to keep track of uh real quick for me myself my quick takes still plugging away on welcome to rexham off who the ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob um, McElhenney. Uh, yep. I, I, I'm prime yep. mis- yeah, off uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, buying uh, the Wrexham soccer team out of Wales. And I um, only got a few episodes left, but I'm really liking where that's going. Uh, just, uh, hey, they turned their soccer team around. Things are going well. We'll see how well it goes in the last few episodes. I watched this documentary called The Golden Era. It's all about a feature-length documentary on the making of one of the greatest first-person shooters of all time, GoldenEye 007 on N64. Mm. Uh, very interesting, very fun watch. They actually track down a lot of the original developers of the game, a lot of the gaming press from that era too, or just on why that game still is such fondly remembered to this very day, why it was such a big pioneer for the first-person shooter genre. Must watch, highly recommended. And finally, Freud's last session, live-action film, Anthony Hopkins uh, playing Sigmund Freud, and he's having, it's pretty much where it's the, the beginning of World War II, and he has one, shortly before his death, where he has one last big in-depth conversation with another fellow uh, colleague or scientist uh, about, uh, you know, God versus science and just where it goes from there at, with, at, the, at the onset of World War II as a backdrop. Uh, very, very fascinating live-action film. Definitely give that a recommended watch. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, he's a pro. What yes, can I say? Great film. God, I love that, man. Uh, Paul, I got you on the alternate mic. Do you got any quick takes you want to say before we wrap up here? No, I'm good. No, you're all good? Oh, wait, whoops. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap things up here. 
We want to welcome you to join us for all future episodes uh, every other Thursday at 1 p.m., especially two weeks from today. Uh, find all past episodes by subscribing to Grand Fork's Best Source on your social media and podcast apps. Hey, leave us a five-star review on Google. Many thanks for having us part of your day. Victor, thank you so much, man. Thank Dude, you. Great to have you back. Uh, thank you, guys, honestly. And it's so kick-ass to have you guys to just talk about movies with you guys. And remember, next week we're going to get in heavy with yes. movies because it's movie season, guys. So get your popcorn and everything else because we're going to go to the movies. Many thanks to Cartel Rebel producer Paul. He's in spirit. <laughs> He's here in spirit. And, uh, and many thanks to all of you for tuning in and joining, joining us today. We will see you in two weeks where it will be our first ever movie swap episode of Big Screens and TV Streams. We'll be reviewing Extract, Doomsday, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. You do not want to miss it. No. We'll see you then, everyone. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. See ya.